You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil Hello and welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. Here we are for The Two Towers, Book 3, Chapter 3, The Urukai. I'm Caitlin. And I've really just got nothing this week because it's the same week. Wow, you're giving like people a glimpse behind the curtain. Dang. I'm, I'm sorry, Emmy, but... and I'm missing the Tony Awards to be here right now. I'm Rachel, and I had a really hard time telling which orc band was which. I think that's a problem shared by all. I really loved your um your sauciness, Emmy. I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you. That's my life. <laughs> uh, who's doing what? I'll do characters. <laughs> All right, have fun saying these names. I was just gonna wing it. Just sound as guttural as humanly possible. Yeah. Get some good <laughs> in there. <laughs> A glottal stop or whatever. Um, our characters for this chapter, we have Mary and Pippin, our erstwhile ha- hostage hobbits um, who are on their way to Isengard. We have Ugluk, who is an Urukai from Isengard. We have Grishnak an orc from Mordor, and then we have a lot of other orcs. Some of them are from the north, some of them are from Mordor, some are the Orakai from Isengard. We have no consensus on anything. They were very difficult to keep track of. I, I actually lay it all out later. I'm very Good. proud of you. So don't worry about it. Uh, so the short version of this chapter, Mary and Pippin are carried... <laughs> I was going to just roll with it and then I laughed. I'm sorry. Mary and Pippin and carried off. Oh, I see. <laughs> yes, let's point out all of Caitlin's typos because they are many. Mary and Pippin are carried off across Rohan towards Isengard. After some smart tricks by Pippin and good use of the situations around them, they escape into Fangorn Forest despite previously being warned against going into it. All right, let's Which, go through. Let's just say it's a very rock and a hard place situation. Just saying. I mean, technically, if they just waited a minute, they could have just been like, oh, hey, hey, humans, can you take us somewhere? And then they would have been in that meeting between Aramur and Aragorn. Or but they would be dead. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Anyways, so we open with Pippin having a creepy ass dream about like arms reaching for him and shit. And it's God, weird. I hate that. And then he wakes up and finds that his actual situation is not much better because they are captured by orcs. as. He knows of them right now. Anyways, 
He remembers how they got captured after blindly running away from the group and directly into a gathering of orcs. Boromir <laughs> showed up and scared most of them off like he killed some and they ran off. But then they all returned in a larger group with much hardier orcs and killed Boromir and captured Marion Pippin. I guess it's nice that now, three chapters later almost, we get to see some of the fighting. Well, and since my book actually has useful page numbers, it's, it's almost 50 pages in. Oh, shit. It is page 47. We're finally there. Pippin has a moment of despair, wishing that Gandalf had not persuaded Elrond into allowing him and Merry to come on the journey, which, A, I thought was kind of funny, because they were pretty insistent. And also, I thought it was really close to Frodo's rather more famous, I wish the ring had never come to me line. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I just thought that was kind of interesting that they're all, all the hobbits are like, oh my god, I just want to go home. After his moment of despair, though, Pippin starts to struggle, which draws the attention of one of the orcs, and we start to get a feel for the general situation in which our two hobbits find themselves. I think I found this really interesting because, I mean, as we're about to get into um, mm -hmm. doing the whole kind of backtracking thing, uh, it's really interesting to kind of map this up to, you know, like, oh, here's what was happening at this spot that they found from, you yeah. know, that, that Aragorn, etc. found. Kind yeah, of... I think that that happens, I think, a lot over the Two Towers and Return of the Kings, because it happens with, like, Sam and Frodo stuff, too. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the orcs refer to other orcs as Isengarders. Some just want to kill the hobbits, and two different, two different groups have different versions of the same orders. And it kind of breaks down into this, as far as I can tell. So there's northern orcs. They're from Moria, and they're angry that the Fellowship... I don't know, made it to their side and killed some of them. So they have followed all the way from there and really just want to kill them. And this was the group of orcs that Pippin and Mary first ran into that Boromir originally scared off. So they're mm. kind of small and they just want to kill shit. Then there's Mordor orcs led by Grishnok. They have orders to not kill the hobbits and want to take them to Lugberts, which is what orcs call Barad-dûr. So they want to take them off to Mordor. That makes a lot more sense. I mean, I figured that it was somewhere in that general vicinity, but I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is yeah. a Lugbarts? So now, or more accurately, where the fuck is a Lugbarts? <laughs> <laughs> then there's the Isengard orcs, and those are bigger and stronger than all the other orcs, and call themselves Fighting Urukai. Which is the great and new name for your school mascot. <laughs> oh my god, I, just, I would love to go to a school with the Urukai as my, like, team mascot. No, no, no. Ugluk only ever calls them the Fighting Urukai. All three words. That's it. See, that's, and, you uh, don't want to get rid of the fighting Illini because of, you know, a history of racism. <clears throat> Make it the oh, fighting Urukai. That would it's be amazing. Be great. Uh, and, and as mentioned, these ones are led by Ugluk. So there's three bits of orcs. Some are loyal to Saruman, some are loyal to the Great Eye, and some are just wanting to kill some shit. Right, I think the thing that got me was the confusion between which were the northern orcs and which were the Mordor orcs. Yeah, no, it took me a bit, but at one point, Grishnok comes back, and it specifically mentioned that they have the red eye symbol, badge, mm -hmm. thing, and I was like, oh. And also, they're talking about the Nazgul later. Anyways, so the Isengard Urukai say they cannot go to Lugberts, because they have no, I have no idea how to say that word. <laughs> We're just making it sound more and more like a quaint German ski town. <laughs> <laughs> I would anyway, just be in Lugberts. Because they have no way of crossing the river. Uh, Grishnok says they can and that there's a Nazgul awaiting them there, but doesn't really push the issue. 
the Eurics end up killing a bunch of the Moria orcs just to settle an argument. And just because the Moria orcs are like, we want to kill these hobbits. And they're like, no. And they chop off some arms and heads. But what about their legs? They don't need those. <laughs> While all this arguing is going on, Pippin manages to get loose of the rope binding his hands and then retie it loosely around his wrist so that it looks as if he's still tied up. But he can easily get out. But he's just the dumb hobbit. <laughs> yeah, really going forward, you will see that Pippin is the MVP of this chapter. They then feed Mary and Pippin some disgusting orc juice and make them run this time instead of carrying them as they were before. Mary makes a joke about a bed and breakfast, but they are quickly shushed and forced to run on. Uh, but And it is during this bit of running that Pippin manages to run to the side, rip off his own brooch, and run back, hoping to leave fresh hobbit tracks for Aragorn. So smart! <laughs> Yes, right. and also in there, a scout returns and says that he only saw that he saw only one horseman uh, up ahead, so he let him go. <laughs> Everyone agrees this was really dumb. <laughs> really dumb. I really like the idea that a scout went out, saw another scout, and was like, "No, nah, he's probably fine. He's just one," and didn't like look at himself and be like, "Wait, I'm only one." Wait. I just think it's really funny <laughs> that they all agreed that this was really dumb. Like they talked about it. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. He's an idiot. Yeah. How does he have this job? I'm amazed that they didn't kill him. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm too. Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah, no. Anyways, there's a lot more running and some whipping of the hobbits. It's real unpleasant. After some time, the orcs seem very upset and the Moria orcs run off scared, after, scared of the horsemen uh, who have been spotted following the group. But they run off towards Fangorn. So the same route that the group is taking. Uh, why? Anyways. This, this is where I get very confused about who's going where. Well, one of the things you have to keep in mind is that we don't get all the conversation. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, here we see Grishnok and his group return, but we never saw them leave. Because Mary and Pippin are kind of in and out of ha having actual consciousness and just, like, being strapped to the back of somebody and kind of being like, ugh. Right? What, you so, didn't give all the great quotes about them being smashed into orc necks? <laughs> It was no, really I thrilling. I just loved reading about how disgustingly, you know, close they were to these things. So anyways, this is when we see Grishnok return, even though we never saw him leave, as apparently they left sometime while Mary and Pippin were kind of out of it. Um, and he says that he has returned to see that orders are carried out and the prisoners are safe. Ugluk says Grishnok better have guts for fighting because the horsemen are coming. And says he should have brought his precious Nazgul with him, as they would have been useful, if they're all they have been made out to be. And this prompts Grishnok to say the worst thing Tolkien has ever written. And I'm going to read that here for you. I'm just going to read this whole paragraph. Because it's so bad. But it's good, because it, it's right at the end of the paragraph, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the whole thing here. You speak of what is deep beyond the reach of your muddy dreams, Ugluk. He said, Nazgul, ah, all that they make out. One day you'll wish that you had not said that, ape, he snarled fiercely. You ought to know that they're the apple of the great eye. <laughs> but the winged Nazgul, not yet, not yet. He won't let them show themselves across the great river yet. Not too soon. Therefore the war and other purposes. The apple... Of the great eye. I loved that line because it just made me think of it, it was very like Daddy Sauron after Daddy uh, Morgoth. Is it? I just I can't get past that he fucking wrote that that he had an orc say it. They're the apple of his eye, and he's all eye. <laughs> they love he loves his Nazgul so much. 
<laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you will notice uh, or something else that came up in this paragraph. And also you'll notice that uh, I cut out all of the instances of the orcs referring to them, to the Rohan, to the Rohirrim as the white men and how they call each other apes. Because it's all just kind of racist and not great. Or it has racist undertones at the very least. Yeah. This chapter is not good. Yeah. Yeah. The white skins are coming. White skins, that's what it was. And I get... No, it's all just bad. It's just It's all just bad. Like, you could maybe make an argument for, like, orcs aren't black the same way black humans are. You know, they're, like, different. But it's still... No, it's just bad. It's just bad. Well, and the fact, if we're gonna, you know... Even aside from the ridiculousness of the apple of the great eye, you know, they're, they talk a lot. Like, they're not just, like, totally grunting, whatever. Like, they're pretty, pretty eloquent, all things considered. And then yes. you just give them, like, white skins. Like, no, the humans are coming. Like, yeah, fine. No, that's, like, that's true. The humans are coming. And also, just, like, using the word ape has classic racist. Yeah. Not even undertones. It's just racist. So, yeah. anyways. I took out all mention of that in my summary, but it's nice to mention that it's not great. Mm. Anyways, they run on for a bit after that, all thinking about how much um, Sauron loves his Nazgul. <laughs> I'm sorry, babies. I can't get over it. It's so bad. It, it's like it's like a bad dad pun, but I know I love it. <laughs> but Tolkien wrote it in his masterpiece. <laughs> I don't, whatever. Any time that you think Tolkien is like a great author, just read this chapter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, there's more ridiculous shit to come. So they run so much that they catch up with the Moria orcs who had run off before. Which, so why did they, it, whatever. I, that just seemed dumb. And they don't let them run off again. They're just like, well, you're back with us now. Anyways, the horsemen start catching up and sort of encircling the group widely in order to hem them in. Pippin realizes that it is very likely that they'd be killed by these horsemen as they are very small. And it's dark, and they won't be able to tell them apart from the orcs. So they have to get out of there before the fighting starts. The orcs stop running. Merry and Pippin are left under guards, and the horsemen close in closer, but do not outright attack. They just sort of spend the night picking off outside groups and stragglers and stuff. And the orcs realize that they are waiting for morning, but also don't attack. Like, they don't force the issue They're at not night. good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think there was some talk about how because they're sort of encircled, it wouldn't really work, but it's not going to work out well for them in the morning either. I don't know. Eventually, Mary and Pippin's guards go off with Ugluk, and then Grishnok finds them and starts searching them. And some with some clever trickery and quick thinking, Pippin realizes he thinks they have the ring, and he tricks Grishnok into carrying them off. And Grishnok ends up getting picked off by the Rohirrim, and Mary and Pippin are free. And then the Rohirrim sort of close the ring around the orcs and, and Merry and Pippin just sort of end up on the outside of it. So they escaped. Yep. I will say, I just flipped to it and it's, they say like, hey, if we try to go through, like half of these orcs are cowards and it's not going to go well. But there were some, there are more orcs in the forest that were going to show up. So they were expecting these really nice reinforcements. Well, I think that was part of the original group that they just sent into the forest and was like, hide there, come out when they attack us. I think. I, I, I don't even know. But yeah, I don't know. You were either. hoping for at least a little bit of an ambush at some point. Well, they or- come out later, but the Rohirrim just killed them. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. 
so Marion Pippin are like outside the ring, sort of not safe, safe, but you know, not Safer. under. N- nobody knows where they are, but they are still tied up. The sun starts to rise, and the Rohirrim attack the orcs, and the hobbits take a moment to have a snack, which I thought was hilarious. That they were just like, "Yep, let's eat this lembas," and there's literally like like a battle going on right next to them, and they're just like, "Yum, yum, yum, lembas." But then they do cut their ropes and start crawling away, and eventually they sort of stand up and start walking and chatting as though they were on a nice stroll in the Shire. Uh, Mary even mentions that Pippin might get a whole chapter to himself in Bilbo's books for all his his smart deeds, which is funny because we're at the end of a Pippin point of view chapter. Anyways, they then decide that venturing into the forest is probably their safest bet, despite the previous warnings that they'd gotten from Celeborn, and finish their escape that way without the Rohirrim ever having known that they were there. And that's pretty much the chapter. Much shorter than last week's. Just a bit. Um, I love the bits between Merry and Pippin, especially at the end. I mean, it's just like, so right, they eat the Lembus and they comment that it's like, better than even like like the magical evil orc draft that like split them up but like the lumbus excuse you it's orc juice <laughs> <laughs> the orc juice um but it it you know gives them the same kind of magical surge of energy but it it warms their hearts too and then just like reacting to this horrible situation by just like compartmentalizing it in that gorgeous glorious way of chatting about it like they're just on a, a stroll yeah it's really nice that the whole like last bit of the chapter where they get free is the most ridiculous thing. Like there's the bit where they're they're eating and like the battle's happening literally right next to them. And it reminded me of all the memes that came out after the um twenty sixteen American election of like Canada watching all this disaster happening <laughs> oh, right God. next door. Yeah. Or like any meme of like somebody you know, there's that recent one of somebody swinging while the house is on fire behind them. Mm-hmm. This yes. is like a Hobbit meme, is what I'm saying. It's good. Yes, basically. Um, but also that, uh, yeah, Mary is like, you might get a whole chapter, but uh, here's my turn. I looked at maps. <laughs> <laughs> I know where we are. Don't worry, Mary. You get a chance to shine. Uh, one of the things I found interesting in this chapter, though, is that um, part of Pippin's strategy and everything is he keeps having these visions of Strider coming after them. Right, yes. Uh, and he, he keeps thinking, like, well, why why would they? Which, you know, because he doesn't really know, that he doesn't know that Frodo split off, so he thinks they're mm-hmm. still, you know, going to Mordor. Like, why would they be coming after us when that's going on? But it's interesting, because we've seen kind of Frodo have visions, and everyone else has very mystical, you know, powers or whatever, whether it's Aragorn having his visiony things and whatnot. But it's like, it's, nope, just Pippin also having something. Kind of come to him. I didn't really think of them as visions that way. I thought he was just sort of hoping, and and he was picturing it in his head. Like if Aragorn is coming after us, I don't know why he would, but just if he is, I'm gonna leave him some tracks because please be coming after us. We don't want to die. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> That's how I pictured that, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it was some upper being, divine being, sending him hope. Yeah, I mean, because I so here's what every now and again there came into his mind, unbidden, a vision of the keen face of Strider bending over a dark trail and running, running behind. Uh, yeah, but you can interpret it either way. Yeah, I don't know. I do like that we get to see some smart Mary because Mary was not 
really given a chance to be smart in mm-hmm. the movies. Do you mean Pippin or? Yep, 100%. Of course I do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I said on the yep. recording that we have of it. <laughs> I guess this is really the first talk that we have of the Nazgul in this book and that they are now winged Nazgul. Mm-hmm. That we don't yet know what that means. Yeah, they're still not being set upon the West, but they're there. The apple of his eye. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> and like, it, Just like he, must have, he must have put that in as a joke. Right? Right? I feel like it was definitely like an inside joke between him and someone. His kiddos. Him and himself. Or something. It's just so bad. But I I do like it. Mm -hmm. I like it because it's so bad. I love the scene of Pippin being clever and, like, tricking him, trying to get him to think that he has the ring and going, like, call him, call him. Oh, yeah, that that bit is good. I kind of downplayed it a bit because I was writing notes quickly. But, yeah, when he's... And how they don't outright say, yes, we have the ring. Mm Mm-hmm. He, calls sort of, he says, like, you know, my precious. And... Yeah, it's good. And again, just shows how smart they actually are. Mm-hmm. Because they know that they had Gollum and that they could just sound like Gollum. And they grew up on stories of Gollum. So they know what Gollum sounds like. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Marion Pippin. I love yeah, all the hobbits. Too. I guess, similar to last week's episode, I have that same feeling that everyone else does. That the hobbits are just good and need to be protected. Mm-hmm. Well, and last chapter we had the quote that was like, you know, sometimes it's better to go on and do the thing, even if, you know, it might lead to dark things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, again, as you pointed out, it's a little bit like the, I wish the ring had never come to me kind of thing. I wish I'd never gone, but they did go and they're going to make the most of it anyway and, and do what they can because they're good people and they're doing this good thing. I also do like when they're chatting at the end. Mm-hmm. And Mary calls Pippin Master Took. Mm-hmm. And then Pippin calls Mary Cousin Brandybuck. And they're just like having a good time. <laughs> Which it just seems so strange. Again, this by this point, they're like a little farther away from the battle. But they're still just like, yeah, we're just out for a nice stroll. We just made some clever jokes. We're so good. That's great. Good old hobbits. But um, is that it? God, I think so. Yeah, this is really short. It didn't seem that short when I was reading it, but I guess I guess it all happened rather succinctly. Well, it's another of those fascinating like bits with blah, 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 like we were talking where even if it's it's pretty long, I mean it's mm, math is hard. A bunch of pages, but <laughs> <laughs> math is hard. <laughs> okay, it's more than fifteen pages, but. Uh, Whereas last chapter was mostly walking, but then stuff that was important kept happening. Mm-hmm. This was mostly walking, but not very important stuff happened. I mean, I guess it's good to know that the Isengard Urukai, which we now have a term for the larger, more hardy orcs, the Urukai, and the orcs from Mordor, are not quite aligned. This is the first instance in this book that we have mention of two towers because they talk about whatever it was luke brutes i just made <laughs> random ass noises i was, I was about right <laughs> I, I think it was lugbarts right 
uh, Luke Birds, Birds, Bug Birds, Luke, whatever. They talk about Barador and they talk about Orthanc. Mm-hmm. Or at least they talk about Isengard, which, you know, in cases Orthanc. Yeah. And, and those well, are the two towers that the movie went with, even though I don't think it's officially those two towers. We can have this debate at the end. We can. Fair that enough. can be the singular debate when we have our drunk episode, is just what are the two towers? <laughs> we talk about all the towers. <laughs> Rank them in importance. Um, um, we ummed at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we know that there's more going on with the evil people than just there's lots of them. But there are so many evil people. I still don't... I, I hadn't quite put together that there were three groups of orcs because i had mm. uruk high and normal orcs yes but then like mordor and northerner makes sense but i'm still not sure what they're doing at that point in time where we don't see the one group leave and then come back and then i got so confused at then the uruk high overtaking the mordor ones and then catching up to the northerner ones and yeah it's strange how they like you see the northern ones return but you don't see them leave beforehand and then just as that was happening, the Moria orcs ran off, but then they overtake them. But then later on, they're like, oh, yeah, and we've got some orcs in the woods. And I'm like, what? What? When did they? What orcs are in the woods? Were those the Moria orcs that ran off? Because I thought they were running off, not to hide in the woods for an ambush. I don't know. It was all very confusing. Yeah. And but then- I just... Oh, sorry, I was just, and then random orcs that aren't the leaders of them are given names, and then you're like, "Was this mentioned Do before? We care? Can I use this to track or no?" No, and, I yeah. think the one that's named near the end, which I didn't bring up just because I was gonna, I was, it was just get too confusing. I got the feeling that he was the leader of the Moria orcs. His name was like Maug, Mog, something. I don't know. I thought that was Grishnok. No, Grishnok is the leader of the Mordor orcs, not Moria. Oh, did I say right. Mordor? No, you said Moria, and but we'd been calling them Northern, and then I just heard M, and then I got gotcha. confused because that's why I don't know what's going on in this chapter. <laughs> Sorry, I tried, after I set out the three groups, I tried to only refer to them as the Moria Orcs, just to, because I thought giving them actual, giving them all no, places. I, and I think you of, did mostly, I just, I just lost it, because we have to have all of our evil places start with more. <clears throat> it means dark, okay? I mean, I know why, it's just. And we've we've previously talked about how they have an aesthetic they have to keep. <laughs> and that aesthetic is black. Yep. It's the goth heroes we deserve. Not the no. ones we need right now. No. Don't bring fucking Batman into this bullshit. I'm fine that this is the bullshit. Batman is the bullshit. Anyways, carrying. Batman was also here for the black aesthetic. Yes. He would fit in pretty well. I'm sorry. Well. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? <laughs> how did you just say that word? <laughs> aesthetic. <laughs> With a Q-U-E on the end. Oh, of course. Of course. All right. Uh, homework <laughs> for next week is The Two Towers, book three, chapter four, Treebeard. Wonder who he is. I have no idea. <laughs> if you want to contact us, you can by emailing us at wanttoreadtolkien at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at tooreadtolkien. And if you want to support our show in a monetary manner, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash so you want to read tolkien if you feel like supporting the show in a non-monetary manner we always appreciate a good review or a rating on itunes or your podcast listening platform of choice i think i think we're on all of them google spotify i think we're on all of them all if right. we're not on one that you like to listen Let to us know. tell us 
I mean, that's that's not their responsibility. That's that's me. I should double check that. I'm pretty sure I've gotten us on all of them. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Let's go. I'm Caitlin. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm Emmy. And we'll see you next week for the chapter that I just said. I've already closed my book, so I don't know it. Treebeard. Bye. Treebeard. Bye. Bye. Bye.